Curriculum Associates presents Extraordinary Educators with hosts Sari Labaris and Danielle Sullivan. Get ready to hear tips, best practices, and success stories to improve your teaching, leadership, and drive student learning. We're here for you. Hello, welcome to the Extraordinary Educator Podcast. This is Danielle. And I'm Sari. And this week, we are so excited to bring back Extraordinary Educator and teacher in Florida, Jillian. Jillian has some really exciting stuff to share with us. I'm so proud of all that she's accomplished. I mean, it's she's really looking out for kids, especially in this crazy climate that we call uh, post-pandemic education. Right. So we're we're thrilled to have her and for you to listen to see what she's up to and what's new uh, in her life. So let's have a listen. Welcome, Jillian. We are so excited to have you back on the podcast. If you don't mind to start off just introducing yourself to our listeners, that would be great. Hi, my name is Jillian Johnson, and I am an educator in Orlando, Florida. I've been teaching here for about 10 years. And um, yeah, this year I'm starting out kind of a new role, and uh, it's pretty exciting. Woo, new role. Well, tell us about it. What is your new role, and how has it been going? So uh, basically, we are uh, shifting our school-wide focus more over to uh, one that's geared more to STEM learning and design learning. Um, There's a huge need with a change in education. Um, You know, it's just been... uh, amplified in the last couple of years. And, you know, we're feeling a lot of pressure, the teachers on, you know, filling in these learning gaps with our students um, for, you know, what had happened these last few years. And we're trying to use the same things that we've been doing before. uh, But it's not working because this is not the same world that we were in a few years ago. Uh, You know, we need to adapt and we need to change to what our kids need. And, uh, one of those changes that I'm, I've been very passionate about in is uh, just having that STEM learning and tying in that cross-curricular, like hands-on exploratory learning um, that the kids just light up when, when they do. Um, so yeah, I uh, am <laughs> just working really hard the last uh, three months or so since we came back to school uh, to get this whole program going. Um, it's been a lot of work in regards to <laughs> not, kind of making everything tangible for the teachers um, because a lot of people nowadays know what STEM is. Uh, you're incorporating science, technology, engineering, and math all kind of together, um, and you're doing it in a way that allows the students to, you know, be investigative and uh, problem solve and, you know, really stretch that tenacity with their learning. And uh, it's very different than our traditional way of learning because it doesn't have a black and white yes, no answer. Uh, It's, you know, it's a little bit more vague as long as there's justification behind it. And, uh, you know, that's where we get a lot of our meat as far as, you know, learning what our students know or don't know or what they still need to learn um, is what they can show, what they can demonstrate or what they can, uh, you know, communicate. And um, yeah, so at least uh, we've had a lot of uh, excitement from the parents. Uh, The community is very supportive of going this direction. 
um, because they see the value in it, which is great. There's no kind of pushback with, you know, that side of things. Um, But (laughs) there has been some struggles with, you know, we're we're changing things, we're adapting. And uh, there's some resistance with certain things. Uh, Some teachers are uh, feeling uncomfortable with having like feeling like they have to do something new or have to do something else. Um, but slowly but surely, we're kind of, you know, uh, feeding little pieces at a time, um, trying to not overwhelm them, but get them excited to want to jump on board and want to do the extra work. I'm using finger quotes, but um, <laughs> because, yes, there is kind there is extra work in doing this new type of learning on the teacher end. But uh, it's, you know, when you see the value in something, you know, you can understand it's technically not extra work because, you know, you're taking away uh, all of the things that you were wasting your time on before uh, that didn't really do your students any good. Um, You know, you're kind of replacing that with something that is more meaningful and it's not a waste of your time. It's not extra time. Um, so one of the things that I have uh, established was our STEM lab. So having a dedicated space in our school where even if the teachers were, uh, completely, you know, not wanting to do anything with STEM, their students could still have the same opportunities. Uh, I really wanted to make sure that that level playing field was, was there, um, you know, because it's no fault of the students if they were landed in Miss A's class or something, and she's just more, you know, paper pencil by the book kind of teaching. Um, so I've been working on the STEM lab, and uh, it's it's turned out amazing. It's still kind of a work in progress, but uh, the kids when they come in, their faces when they see I've got Lego, like a huge Lego wall. I've got like these coding robots on a whole other side. I have a bunch of uh, arrow gardens um, because my the room doesn't have any windows. So talking to them about engineering, you know, solutions to problems we have, such as this light and how it can make my plant grow in a, you know, way that it shouldn't. Um, so just seeing their faces when they come into the room and I, their maker space is this huge area where they can just do all this hands-on making and creating and make messes, you know? And it's just like, it, that is the most rewarding thing. You can already see the effects it's having on these kids just from their looks on their faces when they walk in the door because they're excited, they're curious, they're lit up, they're engaged, they, they, they're like woken up. You know, um, it's like they're standing up taller and they're ready to do what they are here to do, you know, um, which is to learn. And that's what, that's all we're trying to do in uh, in our schools. But, you know, OK, uh, Jillian, I got to stop you because there's so much I want to unpack with what you just shared. First of all, yay. Thank you for sharing all of this. Thank you for being a champion for this. Everything you're saying, I've actually had the privilege and pleasure of supporting some educators internationally too in the last uh, three or four months. And what you're saying is not just universal to US-based schools. It is universal to everything. We cannot do the same thing and expect different results. The world has changed. And what you're seeing is that play, hands-on, 
problem solving, open-ended questions is all based in neuroscience and the science of human connection and the science of learning. So of course, students are going to be excited. It actually has been proven we don't learn when we sit there, paper, pencil, in chairs all day. That is not how kids learn. So I love that you're doing this. So a couple, couple I just want to unpack a little bit. How did you, did your school get extra funding for this? That's the first thing people will ask is how, how did, how is this possible? And then number two, how are you as a school going to start to replicate this to maybe, would you be sharing these best practices with neighboring schools? Cause you're part of a larger school district there in Florida. So, so was it a funding thing that happened? How did this come about? And then how are you sharing these best practices beyond just, um, gracing us with your presence and ideas on our podcast. Yeah, sure. Well, uh, the how, basically, it started uh, a few years ago. I was pestering my principal. We need uh, STEM as a specials. Um, it's just as valuable as PE and music and art. We need, you know, we need that dedicated time. And I kept getting nudged away. And then uh, uh, last year, I was back. I was doing some in-school tutoring, and I had some flexibility with uh, kind of how I was doing the tutoring. I was doing a lot of like whole child, uh, like mindfulness strategies incorporated and I was tying in STEM too. So it was like this mega, uh, academia, like it was just a big experiment in a way, but in the best way, because, uh, these kids, I mean, they scored the highest learning gains. It's, it's crazy. Um, because it's, you know, they were treated to their whole self, right? Um, so yeah, so my principal, uh, the idea stuck with him and uh, we have something in our district which is called the Innovation Learning Community. Because our district is so large, uh, we have different learning communities to kind of, you know, keep things uh, chunked together. And this Innovation Learning Community is incredible. It's an opportunity basically for, t for schools to uh, get creative, get innovative with ideas like this. Um, there's some schools that focus on like recycling and uh, uh, I mean, there's a lot of different kind of like focus areas. Um, so yeah, we, we had this application to fill out and, and try and see if we could get our school into this uh, learning community. I worked on it last spring and uh, submitted it. I kind of filled it out like how I would picture like my dream school to be, you know, like what do we have to lose, right? It's, we'll, we'll try. And uh, they accepted it. And uh, we did some uh, forms to gauge like the community feedback and everything and the faculty feedback. There was a, a huge um, like want for this. So that was pretty much, that sealed the deal. Like when they realized how many people were on board and how many people wanted it, uh, and clearly they all saw the values. I mean, it was like, here you go. Uh, we were the only school to, uh, you know, be admitted into the innovation learning community for this school year. Um, so we've got like three uh, years to really make it to what we plan to make it, which is very good because... I was feeling some pressure with, I felt like I had to have, you know, everything, whatever, like ready and good and perfect, but that's not real world, right? No. It's almost like this whole thing is like a STEM challenge because we are, you know, trying, what, what's, what can we do? Let's try it. Let's reflect. Let's fix. Let's adapt. And then just keep going. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's kind of how it all happened. And then 
as far as you know collaborating or sharing with others that has been a huge part of our uh journey because stem is a very overwhelming thing in the fact that it's it's a very all-encompassing thing uh i mean if you just look at the letter s right i mean there's so many topics there's so many things that you could go in when you're talking just with tech or just with you know science uh so that part was very like there's just so many possibilities we could go with this um so collaborating with other schools that uh are in the innovation learning community or even i mean i've reached out to teachers across <laughs> on the other side of the world i was speaking with one uh she's over in ireland and uh she was a stem teacher as well we connected on twitter and we just you know hey i have a question how do you do this or you know what's the best way and those conversations are like the best it's almost as good as me just googling something <laughs> when i'm asking you know these other experts who have been in my shoes you know three years ago uh they've just been a, a huge help so i'm working on uh trying to make uh what we're doing more tangible so that others can um, try and adopt this on their own, right? Because even if it's not as, as uh, grand as the entire school being focused on it, even if another teacher just starts shifting their, their own classroom to incorporate more of this type of learning, that's a huge win in my eyes because it's all of those tiny changes that make everything change, you know? All right. Thank you so much for sharing all of that, Jillian. And congrats to you. It's been so inspiring watching your journey, just knowing that you were a teacher and then talking to you about tutoring last year, but knowing that this is where your passion has been and you're making your dream a reality. And I think it's so, I have the chills because just you're such a perfect example of growth mindset and, and leading by example for your students and your staff. And also just, if you never try, you never know, right? It could have been one small thing that you incorporated in classrooms, but now you have a whole room and maker space and all of these amazing using tools for your students to really learn the way that they want to. So thank you for sharing all that. We are so proud of you and can't wait to see like where this goes in three years. And I think again, like having a long-term vision is so important with such a undertaking like this. So congrats. That is unfortunately all the time we have for today. But before we go, we do have an ask an extraordinary educator question for you um, that actually I'm really excited to hear your thoughts on. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and read it. And then if you want to answer just a few sentences if possible, um, just to, before we close out. So hello, EE hey. e. podcast. I'm in my fifth year of teaching and loving the podcast. Thank you. My question for you is as I grow in my career, how can I position myself as a teacher leader at my school? I want to stay in the classroom, but be viewed as a resource and leader in my building, especially now that I am more comfortable in my practice. Any advice is appreciated. Thank you so much. An inspiring leader. That is a really great question for this particular moment in time, because it's been a, a very strange experience transitioning from classroom teacher and me only controlling that classroom and compared to now I have uh, a far reach where I'm, you know, uh, interacting with all the students in the school, all of the teachers in the school. Uh, it's a lot of pressure <laughs> and uh, it's, it's a little scary. The best advice I would give is to take comfort in your strengths. 
take comfort in your passions, in the things that you freely are able to talk about, you are confident about, and you're just being honest with that real authentic self uh, because people are going to listen to you. Um, they're going to believe you because you're being honest, you're being you. And uh, yeah, that, that's what matters. Thank you so much, Jillian. We appreciate you and you being here and all that you do. Thank you so much. You guys were awesome. This was such a great talk. That is it for today's episode of the Extraordinary Educator Podcast. Leave us a review where you listen to podcasts as it really helps us reach more educators like you. Follow us on Twitter at Curriculum Associ and on Instagram at MyIready. If you have feedback, want to be a guest or a question, email extraordinaryeducators at cainc.com. This is about you. We're here for you. So until next time, be you, be true, be extraordinary. The Extraordinary Educators Podcast is produced by Curriculum Associates. Editing by Danielle Sullivan, social media by At City Hannon, guest booking by Sari Liberis, music by Mark Bernstein. This podcast is copyrighted material and intellectual property of Curriculum Associates. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Curriculum Associates and on Instagram at MyIready and send your emails to extraordinaryeducators at cainc.com. <laughs>